just on your history and origin story, just you and your brother Chris. Chris is your brother, correct? Yes, yes. He's my older brother. You guys were born and raised and grew up. You grew up in Maryland, maybe. No, I, I, where did yeah, you? I, was, I was born and raised. We were born and raised in Woodbine, Maryland. You know, kind of a, a diversified cattle operation. You know, we uh, we farmed. You know, a couple thousand acres, and we actually had a feedlot. You know, we fed out about twenty five hundred head a year. Kind of had a had a strong Jewish population, so we had a kosher market there, and fed out fat nope, cattle. Yeah. And uh, we had a, my dad had a had a grain elevator, and uh, so so a little bit of all aspects of agriculture. But uh, you know, just sure. just the way the world is, and the county I grew up in in Maryland in Howard County is the same size as Stark County that I live in Illinois. Only difference is Stark County has just shy of six thousand people. And, I think my home county is pushing 350,000 now. So, you know. I was out in Maryland earlier this year, and it's just amazing. Like, you got cattle farms, and they're forced to do it on a little slab of land. And it's just like, it takes a lot of commitment anywhere to raise cattle, show cattle in general. But uh, to do it in Maryland, you got to be really dedicated because there's, I mean, I can't imagine the price of land out there. It's, it's high everywhere. But uh, with oh, Washington, yeah, D.C. and Baltimore so close, it's just got, incredible. Yeah, there's opportunity out there in agriculture, but it's got to be so niche-oriented. And I just I just wanted to get out and raise cattle. You know, I didn't have to jump through hoops. And, you know, that, just, just... So, you know. so what year did you move to Illinois? When did you meet your wife, Jamie? And tell me a little bit about that. Uh, I moved to Illinois... Well, when I went to Blackhawks, you know, I met Dan Hogue when I was in high school. I was on the Maryland 4-H judging team when I was probably about 16, and he kind of stayed in contact with me, and uh, I ended up going to Blackhawks and uh, on to Kansas State from there, and then, which which Jamie went both those places, and then came back to Illinois and, and started Purple Rain in, in 1999. No shit. I did not know that. So, August, what is August the age difference between you and Chris? Two years. Chris is two years older than me. Yep. And then were you? Did everything together. Did you follow? Growing up. Did Did you follow the same path? He went to Blackhawk too, or did he go straight to K State, or where did he go? No, Chris went straight to K State. You know, we weren't really cognizant of 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 the junior college route. You know, growing up, and honestly, sure. my parents. You, you know, when I when I said I wanted to do this, they kind of. Looked at me and they're like, you're not going to junior college. Just because where we came from out east, it wasn't, you know, as common. Yep. I mean, there were so many four-year colleges, and I got accepted to some really good schools. And uh, and uh, But all it took was one trip to Kiwani and sit down at a table and eat dinner with Dan Hogue. He can convince you about anything. And and they were good with it he after that. I to an Eskimo, that old Dan Hogue. He's a good fella. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's the best. And. <laughs> And, uh, you know, so after that interaction, they were go with it and, you know, kind of, kind of changed my path. You know, I didn't know before I went to Blackhawk what, what my life was going to be and, and, uh, you know, certainly changed it and, you know, ended up making a living in the purebred business and, and, uh, very fortunate. This will just integrate with a story that, or a, a podcast that we did a week or two ago. Uh, Chris judged the Fort Worth stock show, uh, two and a half mm-hmm. years ago or whatever it was and, he uh, uses two Herefords to go Grand in Reserve. Can you just say, if you had any interaction with Chris 
on what his thoughts were at ground level. They say that black steer, the exotic, was getting just a little bit kind of huffy and puffy. It'd been a long, hot day at Fort Worth. Anything but just make light of that one show and the awesome job that your brother did. Uh, was there any discussion after the show about how, how, darn, how darn good those Herefords were that won that year? Yeah, I mean, he said they were incredible. And, uh, and, and, and you kind of probably hit it right on the head there. You know, he said, you know, it was kind of in the back of his head. And when they come in there together, you know, that that crossbred, he just wasn't it, you know, that day. Mm-hmm. And and the Herefords were, you know. So, sure. and it, wasn't, it really wasn't anything about, you know, growing up raising Herefords or anything else. It was just, you know, it was what, what needed to be done, he felt like. And, you bet. And he did it. You bet. I mean, uh, as you go through time, there's transcendent moments or whatever. I, w- I mean, I would have to think for a brief moment, but I would say in the top five or ten moments of the last 30 years, everybody's going to remember the year that the Hereford swept Fort Worth, and I just think that's cool to uh, revisit the past and uh, and to make note of it, and I think it was like I said in that podcast, I've never heard anything but glowing review in terms of the way your brother judges shows and uh, the professionalism. And, you know, there's some judges out there that do things for trivial reasons, but the Chris Molinex just picked him the way he likes him. And guess what? That day he picked two Herefords because that's what hit him the hardest. Matt Lautner coming to you live in northern South Dakota. Just left John Young's place and headed towards Jeremy Kruger and Lance Becking, breeder of Rednecks. By the time you lay your head on a pillow this evening, young man, your friends and neighbors are going to be like, how did you get on the big show? That is such a big deal. Guess how many podcasts we've knocked out in four weeks on the air. You go, you're, probably, you're probably pushing on 100. 115 of them, actually, yeah. So the Preakness was yesterday. Did you give it a watch? One on the Derby didn't even race, did he? No, he didn't. That's that's like communist. That's un-American. What a freaking pussy move! Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. You saying exactly. you saying that's a communist move? That makes you that just that identifies to me that Randy Molnix knows what the big show is all about. This is not a political podcast, but there's a lot of communism going around in the U.S. of A. right now, and uh, I don't know what us little old farmers can do about it. But uh, we're at least going to be aware of it. We're not afraid to say it. I think Joe Biden is a freaking communist and he needs to get run out of town. Because I'm tired of paying $5 for gas and $6 for diesel. Crazy what they've done to this country in the last 14 months. Well, I blame the people that voted for him. I mean, they they, they can tell the the guy's not probably right. I mean, I'll probably edit this out, but stand up and take a bow. You demicommies. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you did have some major success with the Bob May family a year or two ago, or probably more than, more than I'm even aware of, because just start with your Cattlemen's Congress story and the story of the All-Breed Supreme. Yeah, no, we were, well, you don't you don't look into a better family than the Mays to get to work with, you know, the the heifer was incredible, and she was really good from day one. But you know, when you get to get to work, have Lauren on the end of the halter, and you know, get to work with Bob and Brock, and certainly Bruce back there at home, you know, it, it puts you in 
puts you in a pretty good driver's seat to get get him across. And uh, you know that heifer just had an incredible run. You know she she won the junior national, she won Kansas City, she won Louisville, and and then uh, we finished up at at Oklahoma City at that first Cattlemen's Congress, and she won the Hereford Show, and then she was supreme over all breeds. So. Yeah, so here's cool my theory. question to you. I mean, uh, this is probably going to sound like a dumb question, but I like to ask just novice questions to help integrate people that might not be familiar with the show steer game or the show heifer game. But, I mean, mm-hmm. simply simply put, did the maze have to be coached in terms of how to, how to feed a show heifer differently than a show steer? Because I know they've won that uh, Wisconsin State Fair and basically every major at least, 127 times so i mean the difference between feeding a steer and feeding a heifer is definitely different did they already know how to to manage a show heifer or did you have to coach them up just a bit oh no i mean bob will always always ask for advice but i know i know he doesn't need it you know yeah it's definitely definitely something different but like i said we had had fed several before Mm -hmm. you know we worked together and and uh they yeah. had gotten past the learning curve of it. You know, they, they learned that these things are, you know, it's not go, go, go. It's go, I mean, got to manage. You bet. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure yeah. it's probably a silly question to ask. If Bob May knew how to feed a heifer, he's been in the business so long. But uh, once again, this this podcast is built for insiders, if you will, and also for people that are just fresh on the scene who are just trying to make it uh, – Consumable for all ages and uh, skill types, but uh, so yeah, tell me, yeah. I mean, specifically the the pedigree of the female. Does she go back to a line in your herd that's that's whipped a lot of ass in the previous ten years, or is it a fresh new line? Or tell me about the bloodline a little bit. Ah, uh, yeah, it's a good bloodline. I mean, her her mom is is one where we're still flushing really intensely. Her name's Coco. Coco would have been. Joe by Whitney Walker. Uh, Coco is the daughter of our cotton cow, Cotton 42, who, you know, probably pushes two million in lifetime progeny. Really, uh, she's she's been pretty dominant for a decade or better. Uh, but anyhow, the mother of her is Coco. And Whitney showed who had a really, really successful show career. You know, and uh, yeah, yeah, hit home thinking about that Coco because the guy that hooked hooked me up with Walker on that was. Was Jim Bloomberg who? Shout out to the Bloombergs. Thinking about him, you know that was, that was a terrible tragedy we've heard about here lately. And just an incredible family, but but yeah, now as I think of that, just Coco, uh, you know. just for our Canadian uh, viewers, and also just as I mean, I I have a general sense, but you are from Toulon, which is near Kiwani. Is that correct? And then the Bloomberg family is from Berwick. And that would all be, Kiwani, Berwick, and Toulon would all be within like a 20-mile circle, wouldn't it? Uh, They're about 35 miles. Okay. From from my house over to their place. You know. You live in a show cattle cattle hotbed in terms of. uh, We do. We do. Todd Caldwell and Mike Houston and Nelson England and the Shike family. I mean, there's just a ton of. uh, I know people out Jason Minnert of course and uh Devin yeah. Olson all of them yeah. an hour's drive of you so I mean it's pretty neat well, that uh you guys are almost the modern day Dennis and Iowa Dennis and Iowa still hot and heavy but uh back in the 
90s and early 2000s, Joe Sullivan and John Sullivan kind of made Western Iowa the mecca, and it still is the mecca, but with the Internet age, uh, there's hotbeds popping up all over the place. But Western Illinois is truly one of the one of the most dominating regions in the country in terms of just a dozen or more people in that area that are just kicking a lot of ass in all breeds and all species. But uh, anyways, I mean, uh, for sure. And, I mean, just to talk briefly about Mr. Bloomberg, uh, you know, lifelong semi-guy and amazing judge, and he's on the uh, Blake and Jake and Jamie. I mean, yeah, it's an awful situation. Amazing. I don't want I think to... think about when I moved here, uh, my family was always great to me. I remember, heck, I was just out of college. I just graduated from Kansas State, and... There's a Simital jackpot out in Maryland, the Eastern National. And I, I drove Blake. Blake was probably 13. <laughs> drug him out there. I think it was the first time he'd ever left home without his parents. And uh <laughs> drug him out there, and, and we showed and won that jackpot out there. And uh, and from there, they've just been like family to me. Great, you know. They're like family to anybody yeah. they ever know. Jim's as humble and good of a guy as, you know, you'll ever come yeah. across in the business and, and like you said, you know, him and Mary spawn incredible children, you know. And uh and he has an incredible legacy to go on, but it, it's still hard. It's still hard to lose him because he was one of a kind. An amazing deal. I mean over the course of the last fifteen years and once again I'm not trying to make light of it, but I do wanna do wanna mention some industry legends. I mean, uh, we lost Kit Haberger and Nick Ryman and uh, Rick Fry, and Jim Bloomberg is easily in that uh, realm of just amazing people gone too soon. And uh, yeah, 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 I guess we'll yeah. move on. But uh, Ben sure wanted to make a brief mention of it. If you'd ever like to come back, we would love to have you. I think there's a lot of old stories that could be told. This this old podcast is, you know, it's either educational on some podcasts, and then other times it's just like. Telling the story of the show cattle business, and this is one of those times where we're telling the story of the history of the history of the Purple Rain brand, your success with Bob and Brock May and Lauren May, and also a few of the old stories from your origins. So, I appreciate your time, okay, Randy. All right, sounds good. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. Yep. Bye.